etymology and why we say the things that we say. I'm Milo. And I'm Dave. He's my dad. And she is my daughter. Whoa! What? What a concept. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. I'm sorry for the kind of aggressive entry, but we come in, here we're coming we in are. <laughs> coming in hot in this August, last day of August. It is the last day of August. Yeah. Happy fall, folks. Oh, it's, this soon. comes out mid-September, so. Does it? Yeah. Well, there you go. We're, we're going to be right we're on top We're getting there, yeah. so. Yep, pretty soon you'll start seeing the spooky episodes come out. We'll have a spooky month of October, which should be fun, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of phrases related to the spookier side of things. Yeah, so we'll Oh, I should have done a cryptid episode. Because we, we talked about cryptids before. Well, uh, we anyway, can. Yeah. we can loop that at another point. Yeah. But today, we're talking about kind of some of my favorite things. These are a few of my favorite They really things. are. I, I was once compared to Julie Andrews, which is maybe the best compliment I've ever gotten oh, in my life. I told my mom and she cried. She cried? What? So one of my coworkers said that I reminded her of Julie Andrews from Sound of Music. And your mom And cry? I told my mother this because mom loves Julie Andrews more than sure. any other human. Sound of Music. Um, and, <laughs> and my mother cried. She gave birth to another Julie Andrews. Yep. Wow. Yeah, she was she was real pleased. Oh, that's awesome. Anyway. That's very cool. So my favorite thing is not raindrops on roses nor whiskers on kittens. Those are pretty good. Yeah. But you know what's even better? Tell me. Intensely specific words. Yes, a lot of people. They were going to actually write that into the original yeah. song, and it just didn't fit the cadence. The, the cadence the wasn't was, quite there. Yeah, the meter. In in my rendition, maybe towards Christmas time. Because first, why is that considered a Christmas song? By the way, I have no idea. Is it because it has that one line about packages and like one line about snow? The packages the tied up with tied string. Tied up with string. And then there's like. Uh, uh, snowflakes on lashes or something on eyelashes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so I guess that's why it's it's not really a Christmas song, guys. She no. sings it in the spring in the movie. Yeah, at some point, see, listeners, what you don't know is my daughter Milo is quite is a pretty darn good musician Aw, with a real good voice. And thanks. at some point, we really need to have you play a song or part of a song with your on your ukulele. Maybe I'll do a cover of Favorite Things with oh, all of our favorite oh. linguistic things from the podcast so far. Oh my gosh, that would be so awesome. That might be fun. I okay, I might anyway, start working on that. I like it. It will heavily feature Carrie Nation. <laughs> anyway, as it should, as every podcast, <laughs> and will. just a whole verse about. Good Good names. There's three things that are going to happen in every episode. Number one is we're going to try to hit good names. <laughs> uh-huh. Number two, I'm going to make the crowd noise uh-huh. and try to come up with a great band name. And yep. number three now is we're going to mention... Carrie A Nation. Yes, thank you. Yep. Anyway, uh, so intensely specific words is okay. something that has come up on this podcast before. This episode isn't necessarily about that, but we will cover many of them. Oh, good. In a specific genre. So linguists, surprisingly love to name things very exactly. So like any minuscule concept that can come across in speech, there's a word for it. Sure. And today we're going to be talking about a few of those. So as you saw in the name of the episode, the main thing we're going to be talking about is malaprop. And, and I malapropism. I don't know what that means. You don't know what that is. Okay. Not really. You texted me several times to ask me what I was doing and I told you and you did not question it. <laughs> because I didn't 
I wanted the magic uh-huh. of the revelation on the podcast. So if you had to guess, what do you think a malaprop is? Well, mal, it seems to me, is the word mal is bad. Right. Generally, that's something that's not good. Or it's the, uh, the, the captain of Serenity. Yeah, Mal. Mal He'll Reynolds. come up later. later. Really? <laughs> he actually will. Uh, Firefly, one of my top TV uh-huh. shows ever. Anyway, and to prop prop something up to support something—that's what I think of propping up something bad. I don't know. Okay, that's not wrong. Yay! I'm Yay. not wrong. So a malapropism is a commonly misspoken phrase. Oh. So it's just like a common thing that people get wrong in linguistics. Most commonly idioms, but also words. But more often when it's a single word that people frequently get wrong, it's called an eggcorn. A what? An eggcorn. Why? Because there was one professor, I'm sorry, I don't have his name on hand, uh, who had a student who would call acorns eggcorns. Oh, and, that and he made <laughs> took this to the next level because he was a linguist. And he's yeah. like, oh, there's not a word for when people say a word wrong. There is now. We have it's to have egg it. corn. The linguists all got together, uh-huh. furiously debated for decades. Yep. And now we have this wonderful, very specific word, which just kid. delights me. There's a couple other words for this, too. Um, there's for the ones with phrases. There's acrologia. It sounds like a disease. It's it's not great. Honey, that's some bad news. I went to the doctor today. Yeah, acrylagia. No, say it ain't so. It ain't so. I just oh, okay. Let's have supper. What a good play. Um, speaking of plays, <laughs> yes. another word for it is dogberryism. What? Do you know who Dogberry is? No. From Much Ado About Nothing. Oh. Uh, the play by Shakespeare. William. William you know, there's Shakespeare. There's some great nicknames for William Shakespeare. Uh, I know what your favorite is. Go what, ahead, say it. it. You've said it before. It? Billy Shakes. There it is. Gotta throw that out. It's there. been in here before, anyway. Mm, it's in a good theater again, too. <laughs> um, another highly specific word while we're on the concept in terms of misunderstandings or mishearings. Uh, when you mishear a word and think it's something else, like in a song, you know, sure. a lot of times people yeah. think yeah. a lyric is something else. Yeah. There's a word for that. What? Mondegrain. Mondegrain? Or mondegreens. Okay. How, I, I'm not, M-O-D-O-M-O-N-D-E, which is world in French, oh. and then green. Oh. Well, so I'm sure that is a thing of in and of itself, but I couldn't actually find the root of that word. Do you have... I could, Can I tell you one of my yeah, please famous do. Uh, ones is I for years and years, I love the song Africa by Toto. It's great. And I, I for decades, I thought it... I, I missed the main. I missed the rains down in Africa. Oh, I would sing that along. I uh-huh. missed the rains down. Why am I the one singing on these episodes? It should be you. <laughs> but I thought it was miss. And when I saw that it was bless, I was sure that they had typed it incorrectly because God forbid uh-huh. I should be wrong. Right. But then I'm like, oh, I've been singing this wrong now since the '80s. <laughs> it's been a while. This is a. a f- so I don't fight a lot with my siblings now that we are adults, but probably yeah. the main fight that yeah. occurs between my sister Molly and I is over because we <laughs> sing together semi-frequently. Yeah, um, not enough. And we will, if there is a lyric that we think is different, it must be settled immediately. Otherwise, the tension is unbearable it's, and it's, angry. It's, it's palpable. <laughs> yes, it's like palpable angry, and I'm usually right. Anyway. You, you are, actually. I think I was just right in the most recent one when we were camping. Oh. We were disagreeing about a lyric from the musical Hairspray, and I was right, and I was very happy. Did, but then the thing about her is it's just dumb, and she doesn't care anyway. <laughs> in the moment, she could care about nothing else in the world yes, as much as she cares. but then afterwards, like, I didn't care. If she's wrong, she's like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's stupid. 
Which she did hang a lampshade on during the argument afterwards. She did that on purpose. So. Oh, did she? Mm-hmm. When you say hang a lampshade, what do you mean? Oh, hang a lampshade. Okay, I was going to cut this out, but now actually I really like the phrase hang a lampshade, so maybe this will stay in. Oh. But to hang a lampshade on something is to draw attention to something intentionally. So, like, it's usually a phrase oh. in regards to, like, comedy productions, like shows, when something goes wrong or is, like, overly stupid, or, like, in a sci-fi show where they recognize that, like, hey, this concept is super not well fleshed out. Yeah. It's called hanging a lampshade on it when, like, another character, like, makes a joke about how it doesn't make sense or okay. how it's stupid. Okay. So it's it's considered kind of lazy in writing because it's, like, you didn't take the time to it, think of something better. You just said, yeah, I know it's dumb. We gotta get this out. This right. gotta be ready. It can't all but be But keep your eye out for it. It happens all the time in sitcoms. Really? Um, we'll, talk about this. we'll talk about that later. Yeah, it's a fun episode. concept, I think. And it's it now is. that I've said it, I'm sure you'll see it coming like, up. Oh, it's like that uh, Bader Meinhof. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> digging sorry. us out of the woods, uh, let's <laughs> talk a little bit about malapropism. Dig out of the woods? That was, that, there's, another, there's another word for that. Yes, it's a mixed metaphor, but there's another word for when you smoosh to, now I'm going to look it up because I have it handy because <laughs> I was going to talk about it at some point. Malifors. Malifors. Mixing two things, it's a malifor. That's great. So, like, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. That's a really good one. I love that one. Um, and you can fact, take one man's trash to another man's treasure, but you can't make a drink. Wait, what? No. <laughs> I, want, I want a whole... I'm going to start a top ten list on my Facebook page of the best... What are the uh-huh. malifors? You've opened this can of worms, now lie in it. No, I no. <laughs> They're just fun. They are great. Language is great, and I love that there's a word for that specific thing. Just like the word malapropism as we try to get back on track. So first, let's talk a little bit before we get into actual common malapropes. Let's talk about what that word is. What is malaprope? Why is that? So it's actually named after a character from a play. What? Again? Another play? Yeah, exactly. We're talking about plays a lot today. So Richard Brinsley Sheridan who by all intents and purposes seemed like a kind of crappy guy. Uh, he wrote a play in 1775. It's a good name, though. It is a pretty you good name. Again? Richard Brinsley Sheridan. Brinsley? Brinsley. That's good. Brinsley like is that. real good. It yeah. seems like a good like gender-neutral baby name that would be popular right now. If it was a wealthy family. Yes. This is Brinsley. Elizabeth Brinsley, destined to be a cheerleader. I, I recently met a Brian whose name was spelled. Are you ready? No. <laughs> no. If it's... B-R-Y. Yeah. O N N. No. Brian. Brian. Brother Vavanja. No, no, thank you, Brian. Brian Regan. Regan. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, his name is spelled normally. Yeah. So, Richard Brinsley Sheridan wrote a play called The Rivals in 1775. Um, it's a farcical romantic comedy. So it's just a lot of like back and forth, different like love triangles and stuff. Sure. But there's a character named Mrs. Malaprop. Oh. Who intentionally mis or not intentionally? Uh, she frequently misuses words which don't have the meaning she thinks, but sound kind of like what she's going for. So, Princess Bride, I do not think I do yes, not think that word exactly. means what you think it means. Or like you know, a thirteen-year-old who really loves books and like is trying to improve their vocabulary yeah. and saying the wrong words. Like what, what? Like what word would that be? That's not the same. No. Okay. When I okay, is. story time. It's not. Story time. This is just mispronunciation. Yeah, I I right. loved okay. the A to Z mysteries as a kid through these series of kids books, um, where mysteries happen and each one is named after it's like letters of the alphabet. A sure. to Z mysteries. Yeah. And one of them is about being on a colorful boat. A yellow one, actually. Yep. 
And it's called The Yellow Yacht. It is. But me, and I think I was like eight at this point sure. also. I was very young. You were 18. And I didn't know Hutton. <laughs> I didn't know the word yacht, because why would I? No. I lived in Iowa. And we were not a wealthy family. No. Not super poor. We were we landlocked not and not wealthy. We did not have a yacht or no. a use for one. So I thought, yacht, I mean, I looked at it. I tried, I did my little best, and Listener, I thought it was... How would you pronounce it? If you didn't know how it was yeah. pronounced, how would you pronounce it? Before Something you like Yatchet, maybe? Maybe like Yatchet. That's I had read Hatchet. Yeah. I saw the word yacht. I thought, hmm, close enough. Yellow Yatchet. And it came anyway. out at dinner time, I believe. What I, yes, reading? everyone has mocked me for decades. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's literal that's how, decades. That's how families love each other. Exactly. So anyway, that is neither here nor there because that is a mispronunciation. It's and still not a good story. A malaprop. Okay, Yatchet. Uh huh. Yeah. So, Miss Mrs. Malaprop misuses words. She will say things in the play, like. He is the very pineapple of politeness <laughs> instead of pinnacle. Um, That's great. Oh, he will dissolve the mystery instead of resolve. It still kind of means the same thing in a way, though. It goes away. Yeah. And my favorite. She's as headstrong as an allegory on the, blanks, uh, on the banks of the Nile instead of alligator. <laughs> that, it's pretty fun. My, uh, my friend Maria. Uh-huh. She had a friend who was trying to increase her vocabulary and use bigger words back in middle Uh-oh. school. Uh-huh. And she said one time, and I've remembered this for 30 years, <laughs> I'm going to clean this room. My room's going to be so clean, it's going to be spontaneous. Oh, that's good. I like that. And that's they're all fun. like, wait, what? And she's like, <laughs> that look on your face like, oh, no, I used a big word incorrectly. Uh-huh. Like, no, it's you're terrifying. an idiot. You're not smart. You're dumb. This reminds me of a friend, Mark. Um I believe his niece, his very young niece at one point, was writing him a letter about how she was doing at school. And she wrote, I'm smrat. (laughs) (laughs) She switched the A and the R. And so now we'll say to each other smrat all the time. Smrat. Smrat. Yeah. It's very cute. Yeah. Um, Yes, you are. You're very smrat. Not with words. (laughs) So I, I thought this was just a fun character. She was named in the play, so Richard Brinsley Sheridan named her after a French phrase, malaprop, mm. which means poorly placed. Oh. So that was that's where the word comes from. It's from poorly placed, but was okay. specifically popularized by this character in this very popular play. So the word, the name survives, the word malaprop survives, this guy, this playwright, no one's ever heard of him. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like people who are really into plays maybe have heard of him. I am not the most well-versed in no, in theater. We've but been in I love theater. it. We've I, been I, in... I, I'm a theater person. I'm just yeah. not much into the history of theatrical productions. Yeah. My apologies. Hmm. But I did find it really interesting that for the first time in like a century, there's a new adaptation that was what? supposed to come out April of this year in oh. the National Theater of London, oh, but for, due to COVID, was delayed. For that play? For that play. Yeah, why, they're writing the a new heck? version called why? Jack Absolute Flies Again. Oh, that sounds so good. So I just thought that was kind of fun. That was like, oh, it was supposed to be back this year. and um, From 1775 to yeah. twenty. I mean, there's been like a couple adaptations over time. I think there was like a TV movie. Like, really? In like the 50s. Oh, um, but like really early crappy, but yeah, it was supposed to be back, but obviously it is it's a good premise, a little delayed. Yeah. But another, so I mentioned dogberryism as well, which also comes from a play, much the 1598 play, Much Ado About Nothing by Shakespeare. Um, there's a character. I, have you ever seen Much Ado About Nothing? I don't think so. Okay. It's my sister's favorite Shakespeare play. I think it's my second favorite. It's very good. What's your first? Um, probably Tempest. Okay. I really like Tempest. It's 
lovely and problematic, but lovely. <laughs> well, it was in the 1500s. <laughs> There's so, I mean. a lot of, almost every Shakespeare play has some uh, problematicness. I do also love Othello very much to that yeah. same end. Yeah, Iago. Yeah, anyway. Yes. Anyway, so the character of Dogberry, he is like the police chief oh. um, who's kind of like investigating the, the shady characters around this wedding that's occurring. Uh-huh. And even though he's a police chief and he's very like, he's trying to be proper, he uses all sorts of malaprops and he's yes. always using words wrong and phrases wrong. Um, he, My favorite uh, adaptation of Much Ado About Nothing and also just my favorite adaptation of Dogberry is by Nathan Fillion. In the oh. 2012, uh, Joss Whedon in in, in car- not incarceration. Oh, look at that! I just did an egg corn. Incarceration. Yeah. Um, uh, Should we have an egg corn sound effect? <laughs> Hip hop air horn. Yep. There it is. Okay. Um, no, in 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 the 2012 adaptation of Much Ado About Nothing that Joss Whedon shot in his own home. Yes. With all of his favorite actors. Yes. Which, as a teenager, I was a teenager in 2012, and I watched all of Joss Whedon's stuff religiously. So You're this obsessed. was made for me. Like, it yeah. was Shakespeare. Yeah. It was in black and white. It was, like, modernized, but still used the old Shakespearean language. Um and it had all of my favorite actors from all of my favorite Joss Whedon shows. So I, it has a fond place in my heart, even though Joss Whedon is a bad person. Yeah, that was a bummer. there's been some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But Nathan Fillion yes. is great. And he is very, very good and funny as Dogberry. It's a very comedic character. Yeah. And he really makes the most of it. His tie is very, very short. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, it really, he does a great job. Uh, so a couple lines from Dogberry, which is kind of fun. Um, one word, sir. Our watch, sir, has indeed comprehended two auspicious persons, and we would have them this morning examined before your worship. So that should have been, yeah. have indeed apprehended Not two comp- suspicious people, rather than comprehended two auspicious persons. Yes. So, kind of fun. Kind of hard to keep up with the fact that he's using wrong words when it's in Shakespearean English yes. as oh, a modern audience. Yes. But... As with most Shakespeare things, you have to watch it a few times to get the most out of the humor. Right. But I highly recommend that movie. It is very fun and uh, full of wonderful people. Who else is in it? Um, it's Alexis Denisoff is the lead, who you probably don't know who that is. No, I don't think um, so. He plays Benedict, and Beatrice is played by uh, Amy Acker. I didn't even oh, have to sure, look at it. I got course. you know who Amy yeah, Acker is? Yeah. Of course. Oh, because you've seen Dollhouse. Yeah. yeah. I always think of her as an actress from Angel. Um, uh, another Joss Whedon show. Yes, but yes, she that. was also... Because Joss Whedon likes to reuse actors. Yeah. <laughs> which is why this movie exists. But I think Nathan Fillion is probably the biggest name in it. Okay. But lots of actors from Dollhouse in it, so you might enjoy it. So... These are all over the place. Another most really common one we hear from day to day, I think this is the one that first comes to mind for me, is when people call Alzheimer's old timers. <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, the point gets across. Yeah, it does. But it's, it's not quite right. So I decided, since this is kind of list-like, like there's just a lot of these, Yeah. how to make this fun. Okay. Hmm. Uh, torture how about me. a quiz? Yeah, torture your so, father. So you know... Listeners who listen all the time, you know how my dad will often ask me things about history with no preparation on my part? Yeah. And then I look dumb. No, you don't. I do. You think? It's quiz time. Revenge. <laughs> Hold on. Can I Google these answers? Nope. No. All right. Um, so I will say there are a few of these that I did not know and that I was surprised well, in learning. I will I will qualify that when I quiz you, I know you're not going to know, and I didn't know either. <laughs> right. It's more like, isn't this cool? I can't believe yes. this. 
But nonetheless, I'm here to exact my revenge. I think we're running out of time, aren't we? And also quiz shows are fun. we got to end this episode. I think we're out of time. So, question one. Why are you... What was that? Come on down. The price is right. I'm right here. To the word is right. Oh, Oh, I like it. Okay. So, question one. Is it... I am on tender hooks, or I am on tenter hooks. Uh, the first one. Incorrect. So this is one that's not around a lot. Um, like I'm on tenter hooks. You don't hear that. It just means like I'm on edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I'm tense. Uh, Because a tenter is a frame that cloth is stretched out on as part of the cloth. Like once it's woven, you stretch it over tenter hooks. Oh. In order to so it it just means you're being in suspense because you're under tension. Okay. Like fabric on a tenter hook. All for one. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Is it spit an image or spitting image? I always thought it was spitting image. That's the one that I had always heard as That's well. All it's I've not heard. it. Really? It originally was spit and image. Wow. Do you want to know why? This one was baffling to me because yeah. I had never heard spit and image. No, I, I no, I thought it was spitting image. It's all I've ever heard. So if you had to guess, what it, with the spitting image, where did you think that came from? I would think the mirror was dirty. They spit on it. They cleaned oh, it out. Oh, interesting. And then they cleaned it and then they got a clear... Not even close. Well, I like it. <laughs> so there was this thing back in the 1700s and 1800s where they would say someone was like, the spit of his father, meaning that he could, he was just like directly from, yeah, directly from derived from. Yeah. So there's one quote that I found from a book. Uh, Meanwhile, the defeated lawyer with his fair one had secretly fled to the private furnished lodgings at the house of Mr. Thomas Pryor, where she was brought to the bed of a daughter, his acknowledged child. But according to the report of the nurse, the very spit of the old captain, so yeah. like, it's it's kind of gross. <laughs> it, well, spit is not something that anyone's you know. Yeah, it's gross. Yep, it it super is, and that evolved. So saying someone that is your spit, it evolved in the eighteen hundreds. There's a a novel by Horatio Newton Moore. Oh, How's that for a name? Um, called Fitzgerald and Hopkins, or Scenes and Adventures in Theatrical Life, where a character says. Upon seeing her niece for the first time, oh, it is the very spit and image of my own baby, as like my ba- little baby as two peas. So that's where we get spit and image, okay. and that evolved into spitten image. So yeah. it became like a verb. Mm-hmm. It's the spitten image, and now spitting image. That would um, and see. It's one of the interesting things about doing this this podcast is there are just hundreds and hundreds of these. I thought at some point, well, we might run out of these. There are hundreds of these. There are out so there. many, yeah. and we're going to burn through some of them here today. But it's mostly just short little ones like that. That's good. We we'll yep. do that from time to time. We'll hit a few in one. Similarly, yes. is it nipped in the bud or nipped in the butt? I think it's bud. It is bud. Yeah. That is correct. But I, yeah, this yeah, is I one, one that I actually hear incorrectly quite often. People yeah. say nipped in the butt quite a bit, um, and that's and that's pretty easy to track. It's cutting something in its early yep. stages and preventing it from growing into a bigger thing, yep. just like with a plant. We've mentioned this site before, phrases.org.uk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Their entry for this for this phrase, nipped in the bud, was very amusing. Because so it's written by a very old British man, I believe, um, who he delights me. He has in a sentence in this in this entry that says, 
we don't have butts here in England. <laughs> so what nip in the butt means, I'll leave to the Americans. Oh my. They don't have butts in, in Britain? That, I don't entirely, I think he means because they don't call butts butts. Oh. They call it uh, like a, I don't, wait, what do they call it? I don't know. Ass? I don't know. No, I, I don't. I, who, um, we'll have to look into that. Derriere. We'll have to get back to that. Yeah. So I guess they don't call it butt, just like they don't call pants pants. Or the trunk. The trunk. They call it the boot. The boot. Exactly. Or the, the, boot. the hood is the bonnet. Yeah. Anyway, British. Yeah. Lou, bathroom. We know some stuff. <laughs> um, is it a scapegoat or scapegoat? It's scapegoat. It is scapegoat. That it's is another common term. one. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all about sacrificial... Putting the sin on the goat and mm-hmm. letting it out of the camp. Yes, which is, oh boy. Well, yeah, it, it was, yeah. Yeah. The Old Testament stuff. Mm-hmm. Like sort of fire and brimstone, as they say. Yes. Is it card sharp or card shark? It's card shark. It is not. It, it is, is card it. sharp. No, Originally. It's not. You're a liar. I am not a liar. Card sharp is the original because sharp was the word for cheater. A sharper was a cheater back in the day. Do we know why? A sharper was a cheater? I think, I think it's similar to what we talked about last episode of being quick-witted and able to stay uh, ahead. Oh, being sharp? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Kind I of like that. a confidence man. Well, I thought it totally was card shark. Yeah, so, it, is, it, was... it was originally card sharp. But we'll get to it later, but there's nothing wrong with saying card shark. There is. You can get if, arrested. If there's anything on these that are like, oh, I'm saying the wrong one, I'm not judging you, and we'll talk more about that later. Say but, what you're going to say. People get your point. Yeah, I mean, if you get, yeah. you're not going to get caught up with this stuff, but the education is interesting. It is, and that and that's what I think is fun. That's where we fall down on like the language prescriptivism versus descriptivism. I am definitely a descriptivist. I I want to allow people to say what they yeah. say, but also I think it's fascinating to know the roots and the realities of of the prescriptivist angle. Very much so. But I'm not going to enforce it. <laughs> Well, you don't want to be that person at the party and someone's like, yeah, this guy was a real car shark. Excuse me. Did you know that it's actually... And then people will hate you. Sometimes I am that person because I am a pedant, but I try to hold it back. But you do... Isn't that what this whole podcast is? It really... It kind of is. Um, we're just giving you knowledge at parties so you can seem pompous. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the point that's of the what whole podcasts thing. are for. But if you do it in a way that's humorous, the way we're trying to do, which mm-hmm. you may agree or disagree with that, <laughs> um, if you do it in a fun way, people are usually appreciative of your knowledge. If you do it in a pompous way, yes. that's why you don't have friends. Never start it with, well, actually. Uh, <laughs> there are certain phrases that if you start with this, to be honest with you, see, that's never going to uh-huh. go well. No. Or... Yeah. I probably shouldn't say that. Can we talk? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm not a racist, but don't say that one, guys. Let's not. uh, my wife knows that she should never start anything with can we talk. Because if she starts with can we talk, my answer is no, and I will go away. Uh I will leave. And maybe that's her intent sometimes. I don't know. It's going to work. So we're going to get a little more complicated here. Let's do it. That now the, the test has become harder. Oh. Those were kind of the beginners. I'm not doing well now. <laughs> so th- these are more meanings rather than which word is connect- correctly pronounced. Okay. So when someone says, beg the question, does that mean it invites the question or it invalidates the question? I am tempted to say it invites the question, but considering that I'm now George Costanza <laughs> in this quiz and I should choose the opposite, I will say the other. It I don't invalidates. get that reference, but you're correct. It is invalidates the question. So people often use this to mean, um, well, it begs the question. Oh, it means it, it arouses this question in me. Yeah. I'm now curious about this. When it actually 
means you're making a beggar of the question. Oh, meaning so the, it's got, the question has no worth anymore. Yeah, just which is maybe no a worth. weird. Wow, that's what that's the harsh. thing. No, that's not my no, personal viewing, but that so, is the root. Real briefly, I'm going to explain my reference and mm-hmm. for the listeners. The show Seinfeld. You've got Jerry yeah. Seinfeld. I can't believe that you're watching this show. It's about nothing. That's my it's pretty good. That's my Seinfeld. Um, don't don't sue me, Jerry. He's <laughs> worth almost a billion dollars. Did you know that? I I believe it. It's crazy. So George Costanza, kind of a, his sidekick, if you will is one of his best friends. Pretty much everything George touches just turns to rust. It just mm-hmm. is terrible. He's so a he, sad sack. He is the sad sack for sure, which is which is a great comic foil, it if is. you will. Um, so what happens is in one episode, George is like, his life's going poorly as always. And he decides, what if on my initial instinct, I'm aware of it and I do exactly opposite what uh-huh. George Costanza would do. Yeah. And then everything goes famously well for him until the universe kind of figures it out. Mm-hmm. And of course, everything starts going to crap again. Right. That's what I meant. That's fun. Thank you. Yeah. That's it. Continue with your quiz so I can I'm look sorry stupid. that I didn't have the... <laughs> That's okay. See, you are smart in knowledge about sitcoms. <laughs> <laughs> it's invaluable things in and life, And in many Mama. other ways. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Okay. I, I put this one in specially for you oh, because I know so this is nice. a personal pet peeve of yours, so oh. you're going to get it right. Is it regardless or irregardless? I, it is regardless. Yes. And you know that I've pushed the point on this, You right? have. And I put this in here Thank to you. invite you to talk about it. Okay. Am I doing that now? If you want. Well, you're running this show, this podcast episode, so you tell me. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So, irregardless is a word that it's not a word. Well, it is now. It's in the, yes. it's in the dictionary. Merriam-Webster has added it because they do that from time to time. Um, so I just leaned into it, mm-hmm. and so I made As a new word. As he's want to do. Yeah, if you're gonna, you lean into the awkward sometimes, and then you're in control of the situation. Um, you so should try. Thanks. It. Well, <laughs> it works for me. Um, irregardlessly is the. If you're gonna say yes. it, say it really wrong. Just go all the way. I had a counselor once. Uh, a therapist, because you know I get messed up in the head sometimes. Everyone and, should um, go to therapy. It's fine. Absolutely. So uh, this guy used the word irregardless, and I. Just like you, I totally called him out on it. Yeah? I did. He wasn't good. It was a free counselor. And okay. It was a time in my life. And he used the word irregardless. And I'm like, I, you know, that's not really a word. And he goes, yeah, what? Yeah, it is. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> okay. And then in our next session, which was our last session, he's like, you know, you're right. That's not a word. And I'm like, hey. I, I know. <laughs> so I, I knew that. I was right. Well, you can cut my fee in half now. But it was so, great. I'll, yeah, I'd be paying you. Yeah, Cause sorry. Because half of zero is... Anyway, yeah. I did bad math. <laughs> anyway, um, this so is not a math podcast. It's if a we've, language. If we've established anything on this podcast, it is that it is not a math podcast. It's not. So, irregardless, a lot of people say it. It's a it combination too. of regardless and irrespective, which oh, mean the same thing. Yeah. But people just mush them together because it sounds like a word. But is that like a portmanteau? Uh, uh, yeah, sure. Unintentional portmanteau. Okay. Another very specific word. It's a good one. Okay. So. Now we're matching. <laughs> what? There's only a couple of these. Okay. So, there's two words. Yeah. Unclear and unsure. Oh. There's another two words. Ambivalent and ambiguous. Which means which. So, if you had to define ambivalent, this is one I had to learn recently, actually. What is ambivalent? What is ambiguous? Ambiguous means you're not, it, not the meaning is not quite clear. It's a mm-hmm. little bit cloudy. Ambivalent means I don't really care. I'm not. I'm not really worried about the the stakes or the outcome. Okay. So 
Something like Ambiguous that. Ambiguous does mean unclear. You're right. Thank and you. ambivalent does mean unsure. But do you know, so it means you're between two options. So it yes. doesn't mean that you're, you, you don't care. You just, yeah, that's right. It means that you are torn between two things, which I didn't know. I use that incorrectly all the time. I do too, and that's... And I, so does everyone else. I read this a couple of years ago uh-huh. when ambivalent men, and I'm like, wait, I thought I meant you didn't yeah. care. Yeah, because if you think of like ambidextrous, which yes. is the same prefix, it's of two things. It's Well, ambidextrous is when you can write with both hands equally well. Yes. So you care about these two things equally much, and you can't make a decision, which nobody uses it that way. It's did, fascinating. Did you know that I'm a little bit ambidextrous. I did not know that. I actually am. I'm a little fascinating. Not, not, not fully. I can actually hit. I can bat left and right hand. Okay. And I can. Um, it's like I can hit Damn a volleyball. Batastrisk. What? No, never mind. Go on. What are you saying? I was trying to portmanteau. It didn't work. No, it didn't. Is, are you going to edit that out? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I normally don't edit out my mistakes. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Anyway, anyway, yeah, I'm a little bit ambidextrous. Cool. I did not know that about yeah. you. Let's see. I'm surprised. So you're right-handed, though, and my mom is left-handed. So I feel yes. like we should all us kids should be ambidextrous, but you didn't think. pan out that it's way. It's not how those genetics work. No, apparently, should not not how that works. Yeah. Um, how about illusion versus illusion? So an illusion is something that is you know it's not really there. It's an mm-hmm. allu- you know it's it's an illusion is like I'm alluding to. I'm referring to something. Yep. Good yeah. job. Thank you. Correct. Ding ding ding. I get I. I used to edit papers. I was a tutor for a while. And oh boy, do people not know that. Yeah. That's <laughs> Similarly, affect and effect. Oh, I know. They don't that, get that. That is a common tripping point for folks. And I, I can use it. I'm usually pretty good with that one. I, I'm probably about 85% using that correctly, 90%. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't really explain why okay. really well. <laughs> but I, when I'm writing or using it, I, I, I get it. Uh-huh. But if I said, explain the difference, I'd probably not do great. So effect is a verb. Yeah. You're changing something. Effect, you're if in, you're creating oh, change, yeah. Yeah. effect is, is the, the noun, change. is the change itself. Yeah. So and one leads to the other. It's tricky. Yeah. For sure. So this has an effect on the environment, and the effect to the environment is, is what was affected. Yeah, it's yeah. the increase in temperature. So it's weird, yeah. but that's where it's at. Yeah. Last question. Yes, ma'am. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. What is the difference between high concept and low concept? I don't know. You don't know? No, I got nothing. <laughs> Do you know what those phrases are? Have you heard those? Well, like a high concept high concept art or yeah. something is like, I, I would think it's something that's very um, intellectual, mm-hmm. like it's very bougie. Okay. I don't know if I'd throw that out there. I know some of the slang. That's that's the common conception because I think there's this there's this conflation between like highbrow, lowbrow, and high concept and low concept. Yeah. So what I always grew up knowing, knowing or being taught was yeah. that high concept was like really complicated, like really dense sci-fi, like primer, like oh, really gosh. like yeah. complicated and hard to explain and very like world buildy. Like yeah. it's all thought out and laid out. Even yes. like Lord of the Rings or is high concept fantasy is what people would say. Yeah. Or, yeah, like or Brandon the Sanderson. Stormlight Archives. Yeah. Just like meticulously world built and thought out mechanics of story. Yes. And that low concept was something more basic. Like Toy Story. Toys talk now. We're not going to really talk about the implications. It's just how it is. Yeah. Basic. But it's the opposite. Really? Yeah. Why? So high concept means an easy and basic to communicate concept. Oh. And low concept is super complicated. 
hard like to say. It's weird. Oh. And this is where I'm going to kind of, that's the end of the quiz. You did well. I didn't yeah, keep track, but. It wasn't great. I think it was like a 50-50. Yeah, it's not a passing grade. We'll go with that. I've now been kicked off the podcast yeah. and there'll be someone replacing replaced me. by the stuffed rabbit on my desk. Well, who is actually smarter than I am. What's his He's name? He's got a little mustache. He Kravitz. We'll, uh, we'll put a picture of the stuffed bunny. Yes. Yeah. And the scarily staring cat. He never blinks. He never blinks. Well, it'd be animal. worse if he did. <laughs> it would be so terrible. <laughs> yep. Anyway. Yeah. So, all of that being said. Yeah. Malaprops are funny. They originated, the word originated from comedic characters. Mm-hmm. But if you're saying things wrong, if people get the point, who cares? <laughs> Yes. So I am a stickler, insert, I am a pedant. I want to use my words right, even if I don't always succeed. And I will never say irregardless. But people get what you mean when you say irregardless. They they understand. Yeah. So there's actually a word for this, too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so someone who intentionally remains with a practice or tradition, even though that they know it's incorrect or pointless, there's mm-hmm. a word for that. Of course there is. Isn't that great? Yes, that's a word. Great. It's way. mumpsimus. Mumpsimus? Mumpsimus. How do you spell that? M-U-M-P-S-I-M-U-S. Mumpsimus. Sure. Okay. That is someone who holds to it, even though they know it might not be technically correct. They're just going with they're it. They're doubling down. So this can go with traditions and like practices as well as ling- language. Uh, so I just thought that was kind of fun. So dear listener, if if you say one of these things in a way that isn't technically historically correct, it, I, I couldn't care less. But if you say I could care less, I will care. I know, exactly, which is the great <laughs> is, Weird Al song. I don't know that word one. Word crimes? Oh, I do know word it's crimes. Fantastic. Yes, that is fun. That is a good example of pedantry of like, yes, it's nice to use words correctly, but if the point is getting across, that's what really matters. Well, and I think a lot of it is is kind of like you have to know your audience and like someone like yourself or myself. Mm-hmm. If I'm using a term incorrectly, I want to know. Yes. But I, I want sim- to be I'm the same. I, I'd rather not be shamed in front of a group of people. Yes. Gadget. Hopefully. What? I, what? I'd never do that. Uh-huh. I just say what I want people to do to me, not how I uh-huh. treat people. Exactly. But if you're doing it. Very Christ-like. Like, yeah, that's that's who I am. That's what I'm like. Uh-huh. Um but if you are trying to correct someone with the intent of, hey, I think you'd care to know, by the way, right. exactly this, in a, instead of a pompous, uh, superior way, mm-hmm. a condescending way, uh, a condensation way. Yeah. <laughs> It's um, it's kind of like that. it's kind of like that feedback thing they they say of like people's appearance. If like something's wrong, if it can't be fixed within thirty seconds, don't tell them. Yeah, just don't tell them. You got a chive. Would you yeah. tell someone if they have a chive on their tooth? Would yeah, you tell them? like a little like a little thing like oh you got something in your teeth. Like depending yeah. on if I'm just passing them, maybe not. But if like I'm well, talking to them and I feel like yeah this is something they can fix quickly, I'd rather let them know because I don't want them to look in the mirror later and go oh my god. So what's one or of if the there's things, lipstick on their teeth well, or they something? Couldn't, they couldn't fix it. Like what's an example? Like oh hey your nose is weird. <laughs> oh, gosh. Or you know your your hair is kind of like deflating. Like that's not oh. something you can fix super fast. Yeah, or your um, outfit doesn't match. Yes, or, if like, they can't, if you're at yeah. work and you're you don't really like your coworker's outfit, you don't say something. No, no. Yeah. What if? Yeah. What if they ask though? If they ask, then be truthful. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't care. <laughs> sure. I mean, don't be cruel. I raised honest children. You I sure did. did. <laughs> I did. So 
Anyway. So I, I do actually care about the I could care less thing. Like, I know. Just because it doesn't make any sense. Why would you say you could care less? It's couldn't. What? I could care less. But... Well, cool. Then start less. doing it. <laughs> yeah, well, then go. You have, go for you, it. You have that option. Yeah, so that's that's just one of my things. I did want to talk about some uh, famous people's um, malaprops and dogberryisms too. Nice. Because there's some fun examples. Uh, I'm going to start with President Bush because, of course. Oh, there's yeah. Because there's a specific. There is a whole Wikipedia page that's Bushisms. <laughs> Yeah, the misunderestimate. Yeah, that's on here. You, yep. They misunderestimated me yep. in November of 2000. And they did. And they did. They did I mean, he's he wasn't a well-spoken... Well, he's still alive. He's not a well-spoken man. No, he's, he's not. Um, and actually, Christopher Hitchens, who was famously non-conciliatory, mm. uh, he, he guessed that he might be dyslexic and undiagnosed. Well, it- and I have some dyslexic friends, and when they say something wrong, and I know they're dyslexic. I don't call them out. Right. It doesn't mean they're stupid. This is right, exactly. And we can talk about George Bush's choices. And well, sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 It but doesn't mean it is unkind to make some fun of someone for yes. for regional speech Agreed. and for mix-ups in speech. Yep. It's not a sign of lesser intelligence because dyslexia is a real thing. Yeah. And the fact that Christopher Hitchens himself said, like, maybe lay off a little bit on this element because I've yep. had dyslexic students. That yep. says something to me. If you want to disagree about policies and decisions and things right. like that, absolutely. Which I do. <laughs> right. But don't make, it's not going to help to make fun of that type of right. thing. Right. But it can still be kind of fun to be like, oh, misunderestimated. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, that's and, a funny and word. And you know what? Actually, he thinks that's funny. Yes. There's, there's evidence of that too. Or um, in January of 2000, he said, uh, imagine yourself as a single mother working hard to put food on your family. Like, that's funny. It's just that's a funny fantastic. image. Dana Carvey uh, famously would mimic him and, and do an impression mm-hmm. of him. You know, and I'm so sorry because he actually did George Sr. too, and it might be George Sr. But it, George Sr. loved Dana Carvey's impression of him and invited him to the White House because he thought it was so oh, funny. funny. They had a real sense of humor mm-hmm. about it. Uh, George Jr. might as well, I don't know, but I think it was the senior. Anyway. Okay. Speaking of George Sr., yeah. uh, vice president to George H.W. Bush, uh, Dan Quayle. Oh, Dan Quayle, yes. Is that how you say it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, before yeah. my time, yeah. uh, he once said, Republicans understand the importance of bondage between a mother and a child. Oh, Dear, oh. <laughs> Not quite, Dan. Do you remember? Do you remember Sarah Palin? I do. She has some as well. I didn't write any down. Dan but... Quayle is like an earlier male version of Sarah Palin. Okay. Or Sarah Palin's a female Sarah version Palin, of Dan Quayle. Not super well spoken either. Nope. Nope. Not not her strong suit. Well, yeah. Yeah. So thought those were funny. I thought it was funny. Most of the ones I found were politically based, <laughs> such as Gib Lewis, Texas Speaker of the House, once said, "This is unparalyzed in the state's history." <laughs> Well, it's good. See, it's just funny. Positive thing. Or former Chicago mayor uh, Richard J. Daly uh, calling a tandem bicycle a tantrum bicycle, (laughs) or uh, saying alcoholics unanimous. <laughs> Those are just fun. Oh, oh, all right. Um, or if we go over to Scotland, Scotland's former first minister uh, Henry MacLeish said. It's not rocket fuel. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Instead of it's not rocket science. What? So it was mostly um, politics and sports figures. Yeah. There was another good one from Mike Tyson. Oh, no. uh, who says Who said that uh, he is fading into Bolivian. 
Oh no! We and that's not, my favorite. Do not laugh because he will. If he hears this, he'll come beat yep. us up. Heavyweight champion boxer Holy Mike Tyson. Crap! I saw one a fight. scary man. I saw him fight once on free and they had a free fight on television. Mm-hmm. I've never seen someone's arms move so fast. Yeah, it was frightening. Yeah, don't be mad at us, Mike Tyson. <laughs> you said a funny thing. Sorry, we're words people. Funny we're voice. not judging you. No, I just, we love I, you. I appreciate that you said Bolivian. That's fantastic. Maybe he meant yep. it literally. They're fading that into could Bolivia. Be. Maybe he's going to go move to Bolivia. Could be. You don't yeah. know. <laughs> so that's the wonderful, wonderful world of the ways that words can go a little bit wrong. I think we'll talk more about like eggcorns and mondgreens. Uh, in future. Oh, absolutely. Uh, just because there's a lot of fun to be had there. Um, and of course, not at the expense of anyone. Uh, not normally. If, if, yes, not normally. We do our best. If if you say things wrong and you are a mumpsimus, we don't judge you. A mumpsimus. Because sometimes us. it can be fun. Hey, that was good. It's not bad. Because sometimes it can be fun to be contrarian. Yeah. It, 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 we grew up, you grew up in a family of a lot of teasing going on. Yes. Mostly lovingly intended almost always to be loving teasing but we, <laughs> sometimes you get a little too far yep. um but yeah we we enjoy kind of teasing and having fun here too yeah that is one of the cores of the podcast it is so yeah hopefully you you listen out for some of those fun ones you can post on our facebook group and twitter maybe some of your favorites uh, i'd love um, to see on those. the bottom of this episode if you can post some of your favorites maybe some that you say and that you know that are wrong but you're a little bit cheeky or ones <laughs> that you hear that drive you crazy i love hearing people's pet peeves yeah, it's like fun a cheeky monkey like sure what it's, it was a, it was a mike Myers skit oh it's a cheeky anyway <laughs> So, yeah. So, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, what was your favorite part of this episode? Oh, boy. It was just... I I, I really like that Malaprop came from a play from a guy no one's heard of. Mm-hmm. And then that, that endured beyond this guy, who apparently wasn't a very good guy. Yes. Um, and then they're redoing the play. Yeah. I mean, that's just... That's coming kinda, back. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, that, again, things that capture people's imagination and attention and it just endures art and words persist they do it always will mm-hmm. and words are important it is important words carry meaning and it, as much as possible it's important to say what you mean and mean what you say yeah. but you're going to get it wrong sometimes and that's okay it's just if we can laugh at ourselves that's yeah really important and have respect for others when they don't do things quite how we would do them because if you don't laugh at yourself other people will laugh at you Oh, deep. I know. Deep, bro. That's a that's a that's a t-shirt. That's a happy mark. <laughs> yes, our future merch. People aren't laughing at you; they're laughing next to you. Exactly. SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Yay! Yep. Okay. <laughs> so, thanks for coming, everybody. Please review us on the various places and platforms that you can do that. Uh, like I said, join our Facebook and Twitter to get updates and episode drops. Uh, subscribe as well in order to see when ep- new episodes come up on Tuesdays. Thanks to Tony Gebhardt for our theme song, which is delightful. It is. Uh, you can find his work on Spotify and SoundCloud. And anything. Oh, and you can email us at thewatchyourmouthpod at gmail.com with any corrections or ideas or complaints. Did you say your favorite part of the podcast? I did not. I think my favorite part was probably the whole thing of um, spit and image. Yeah. Because I had never even heard of it. Right. And just Maybe to see, either. like, this. 
very like plotted out. You can see in the literature of the time over the course of like 200 years where it started and where it yeah. ended. And it's just very clear cut in a fun way. And spinning image doesn't mean anything. I mean, it's like you think it's right, but you think about it again, the whole right. point of this podcast. Why would we say that? That's a, Right. It doesn't that's make a lot of sense. Why would you spit at them? My son is a spinning image of me. Like, wait, what? Wait, why are you spitting at each I other? Gross. It's a weird family. <laughs> So, definitely uh, reach out with some of your favorite We'd things like that. We'd love to hear it. We yeah. love feedback. Love it. Haven't gotten any, but... <laughs> yes, we have. That was rude to our wonderful and loyal listeners You're who have right. been no, with us I'm since sorry. day one. You're right. We have. We appreciate all of you. They're more like friends than listeners. Yeah. You can be both, but I'm talking <laughs> like people we haven't met. Yes. We still love you too, people we haven't met. We there are, do, there yeah. are those of you. Yeah, but irregardlessly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the this is an sound. unparalyzed podcast. It is. One of a kind. No. Yeah, there it is. Okay. Let's ride off on our tantrum bicycle. Yeah, we just into did. the distance. Squeak, 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 squeak. squeak. Need some oil. I didn't know any other bike noise. Okay, guys, I'm Milo. I'm Dave. Stay curious and carry a hatchet. No hatchets. Yes, hatchets. No.